TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Good to have you with us in the nation's capital and beyond. Three minutes after 2 o'clock on this football Friday on the Team 980. It is driven by your local Honda dealer. Experience power, performance, and ruggedness with Honda. See your local Honda dealer. So while we concentrate on Super Bowl 58, I was just thinking, you know, I started falling in love with the NFL watching the New York Giants as a kid growing up on Long Island win a Super Bowl way back in 1980, well, I guess it was 87, uh, in the 86 season. And, you know, growing up, reading the New York Daily News and 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 hearing uh, about a, a gentleman named Gary Myers and then getting to work with him for a brief little bit. Uh, and uh, I thought, hey, you know what? If only somebody wrote a book about that Super Bowl team and all that they went through, well, that would be a good guest to have on a Friday before the Super Bowl. What do you know? Gary Myers wrote a book about that giant team called Once a Giant, A Story of Victory, Tragedy, and Life After Football. It's out and has been out, uh, available on Amazon and wherever you get your books. And Gary joins us now on the BetQL Guest Hotline. Gary, how are you? Good to have you aboard. As long as you didn't say, you know, I read you when I was a kid. <laughs> you know. <laughs> well... <laughs> I hear that all the time. You know, I feel so old. I I was a young man, Gary. Uh, You know, I'm 50 now, so I was. Oh, you were a kid when I was. Yeah, Yeah. I I guess I was, what, 12, 13? I can't remember exactly. All I know is that year, you know, I I mean, listen, the 86 Giants, I I mean, they were a juggernaut, obviously. And I work now in Washington, D.C., and I've been. You know, of course, closely associated with the Redskins slash football team slash commanders for so long. It almost feels like a different lifetime ago. But what made you, I mean, besides all the great characters, Parcells and Lawrence Taylor and Phil Sims and all, what made you want to do this project, again, a little while after this team actually was atop the NFL world? Well, yeah, I mean, there were books that came out, you know, immediately after the Giants won that Super Bowl, and uh, now 37 years have passed. But my book is not, uh, you know, a play-by-play or even a game-by-game remembrance of that season. Uh, I got inspired to do this book because I wanted to write a book about life after football, mm-hmm. which is such a crucial issue for you know players from that generation in the 80s, and and it's a crucial issue for players today. 
you know, but back then they didn't have the protections they had now with the concussion protocol and much more information about head injuries. So um, I, I wanted to go back and just kind of do a health check mm-hmm. and uh, a life check on how these players were doing, you know, nearly four decades, complete four decades after they won a championship together. And I, I knew, I, I knew some of the stories, not to the degree that I was able to write about it, but I, I knew some of the stories before I started doing my research. And, you know, once I did my research, it, it kind of blew me away. And uh, the book is, you know, has a lot of heartbreaking stuff in it, but there's a lot of heartwarming stuff too. And I wanted to balance it off Chris with, you know, how this team became a brotherhood and how the bond is still really strong today. And if a player needs assistance from his former teammates, mm-hmm. Harry Carson, who considers himself captain for life, kind of rounds up the troops and, and they come and, and, and help a guy, whether it's getting him to a doctor or trying to get him some money if he's having financial problems. But, you know, that's a, that's a really unique part of this team is how they really stay tight for 37 or so years now. Yeah, there's so many interesting – you know, and, and in some ways it's not exactly the same, but it, it kind of reminds me of some of what the 86 Mets in baseball went through, although I don't think they had the brotherhood that the 86 Giants no. ultimately had. They were more about explosive firecracker person. But so so much yeah. success on the field, but so many issues off. And obviously everybody knows Lawrence Taylor, Gary, right? And everybody knows how dominant he was on the field, what he did for defenses, what he did for Parcells, Belichick, so on and so forth, how he changed the game, but also how many demons he has. And I don't know Lawrence, like you know, Lawrence, um, I mean, obviously you chronicle that as part of the book. How is he received, you know, all, all these many years later still is he, uh, you know, because he was, from what I remember, a pretty difficult personality to deal with at times. Well, he was, um, uh, are you talking about like media wise or? Uh, uh, well, by his teammates and, and, and also, you know, just in general by the people that, that were around him, I guess, media-wise too. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Parcells and Belichick loved him, right. and his teammates loved him um, because, despite all the extracurricular stuff, you know, away from the field, you know, getting addicted to cocaine and all that, he, he never brought it to the locker room, and there was never a time that his, the players thought that he was under the influence of playing or that he didn't give a hundred percent because he was a high energy guy. Mm-hmm. The the interesting part of, of how people react to him is really the, the fans, Chris, um, who know all about his shortcomings and, and issues, drugs, alcohol, uh, women, a, a lot of that, that um, kind of, tainted somewhat that's not even a strong enough word um his life after football for a long period of time that he was always in trouble he was getting arrested for cocaine he got pulled over for dwi he got arrested for being with under underage prostitute in a hotel room in rockham county outside of the city but the last you know four or five years he's really tried to straighten himself out right. and from all indications he has but what I was going to say about the fans is you know, the fans are aware of everything. Because yeah. it's, it's Lawrence Taylor, and he's written about it a lot. But anytime he comes back for you know a reunion or somebody gets into the Ring of Honor or when he got into the Ring of Honor, standing ovation. Yeah. 
uncon- unconditional love. Yeah. Because of what he meant to the team, and you know, you, you wonder, you know, what do, should should fans boo him? Should they give him the cold shoulder because of the kind of person he was for for many years? Or well, the answer is they, they choose to just remember him for yeah. his contributions on the football field. Well, well you know, and, and maybe this isn't the best comparison, but Dexter Manley was a, a huge part of, obviously, the glory days of the Washington Redskins. And Dexter, of course, had, you know, off the field. But but he's, you know, he's still a, a hero and an icon around here just because somebody mm-hmm. struggles with personal demons and whatever you know, doesn't mean that they should be exiled, if you will, forever. And and I th- well, I thought I, I just, yeah. let me just jump in and say this: it, it's one thing if the only thing he did was hurt himself. That's true. That's true. But and for the most part, that's what he was doing. You know, and uh, he was doing drugs while he was playing. I mean, he hurt the team when he got suspended for the first four games in 1988, um, and then his post football life. The only thing on record where he, you know his actions really impacted somebody else was with the underage prostitution, you know, the, the rest of that stuff, you know, thank goodness when he's gotten his DWIs, nobody's gotten hurt. And certainly somebody could have. Right. Um, so, uh, but again, when, when I, when I met with him to interview him for the book in April of 2022, and then I saw him about five months later at, at a Giants game, he he really seemed healthier and happier good, good. than at any point other point that I had seen him since he retired. So he he realizes the bad stuff that he did, and um, uh, if he regrets it, he doesn't really say it. But I, you'd have to think that if he had to do it all over again, because I asked him, what would he say to himself now? You know, the sixty-five-year-old Lawrence Taylor. What would he say to the twenty-two-year-old Lawrence Taylor who just you know, arrived in New York uh, after being picked in the draft by the Giants, he'd say, stay away from drugs, which is what he tells everybody now. So Gary Myers with us, longtime uh, NFL writer and uh, has done it very well at the top of the mountain for a long time in New York City, a very tough media market, as uh, you can imagine. Author of Once a Giant, of course, the story inside the Super Bowl champion New York Giants back in 1986, the first of their two championships with Bill Parcells and Bill Belichick. And that leads us, of course, before we get to Super Bowl 58, Gary, Mm -hmm. A, obviously Belichick wrapping up his run in New England. Um, He didn't get a job. Apparently the commanders talked to him at the last second. That didn't necessarily push the needle, uh, but didn't get a job, was close maybe in Atlanta. Do you think, um, and and maybe I'm asking you to guess, You know, we know how difficult the relationship was at times between Parcells and Belichick. Do you think if things go wrong for Dable uh, with the Giants this year, that there's a chance that Bill Belichick could wind up coaching the Giants again? And, and like, like it happening for real? Yeah, I mean, I think that, I think that it's a possibility. Um, he loves the Giants. A- anybody who saw that Football Life documentary um, – that was done about 10, 12 years ago, the love he expressed for the Giants was unconditional, and except when he played him in the Super Bowl twice and lost. Which is um, amazing, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then when I interviewed him for my book, he, you know, he, he enhanced that. You know, he, he furthered the story somewhat on, on why he feels that way. Um, would he come back? I think, first of all, I just want to say, there's no doubt in my mind he still wants to coach. 
he wants those 15 victories to pass Shula. And just as important, he wants to win a Super Bowl without mm-hmm. Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. Because fair or not, the narrative has really changed on who's responsible, who, who should get the most credit in New England. And the narrative changed in the four years that they were apart. Brady and Belichick, you know, Tom won a Super Bowl in his first year in Tampa, and, and Bill struggled in his last four years in New England. And people said, well, that just proves that it was all Brady. I, I don't think that's fair. Um, it really has nothing to do in the 20 years, nothing to do with the 20 years they had together. Um, and, and it's just too easy to say, well, it was all Brady because he won without Bill. But to answer your question, I think he would come back to the Giants. Uh, I'd also think he would go to Dallas, which is where I thought he would be coaching mm. in 2024. Mm. I can't believe Jerry Jones brought back Mike McCarthy mm. to uh, lose in the first or second round again <laughs> this coming season because you know that's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, that's what they do. Yeah, um, I just thought it was a perfect match. You know, Belichick, a win now coach; Jerry Jones, a win now owner, supposedly. And, and a roster that's built to win now. It, it seemed like a perfect marriage at this point in both of their lives. And, you know, Christian, you hear, well, you know, nobody wanted to hire Belichick because he wanted too much control. He wanted too much power. He wanted to redo the front office. I can tell you this. I sat next to Belichick at a um, Hall of Fame meeting in, um, in 2020. Mm-hmm. It was a couple of days after they had lost – in what turned out to be Brady's last game. They lost a playoff game to Tennessee. And a couple of years earlier, the Giants had just hired Joe Judge. But a couple of years earlier, they hired Pat Shermer. So I said to Bill, you know, two years ago, would you have come back? Um, because there's a lot of stories, if you remember, about all this discontent in the yep. going on in the Patriots, yeah. you know, Belichick and Brady fighting over Garoppolo and all that stuff. And what he said to me was, at this point in his life, he didn't have the desire to go somewhere and rebuild the front office, which is what the Giants needed to do, and they wound up doing a couple of years later. But Bill just said he didn't have it in him to do that. Mm. So now when I hear people say, well, you know, he didn't go to Atlanta because he wanted complete control, I, don't, I just don't think that's true. And then you hear the, the, the excuse, well, you know, he's only going to coach two or three years. Well, first of all, how many coaches now coach more than two or three years before they get yeah, fired? Yeah. And secondly, if, if he goes and coaches two or three years and in one of those years wins the championship. It's worth it. You throw him a parade yeah. and, and a retirement party. Yeah. No, you're not the only person, Gary, that has said he didn't want compl- complete control. We had a guest on, I can't remember who exactly it was, that said mm-hmm. exactly the same thing. So I, I think uh, very much, no no surprise, that you're on to something uh, there. The great Gary Myers is with us at Gary Myers, uh, M-Y-E-R-S, New York, or N-Y, I should say, uh, on mm-hmm. X or Twitter. Of course, make sure you get the book. It's available on Amazon, Once a Giant, the story about, uh, you know, the story about the 1986 Super Bowl champions and, of course, what they dealt with in their life uh, afterwards. We're just talking about uh, Bill Belichick uh, and so on. Now, speaking uh, of, of Super Bowls and, and, and all of that stuff, um, you have this Super Bowl coming up on Sunday in Las Vegas. I can't imagine, Gary, there was a time you thought we'd actually be playing the biggest game of the NFL calendar in Sin City, right? No. <laughs> the, the NFL – until uh, the Supreme Court came up with that ruling, it was like four years ago yeah. or whatever, uh, on gambling, the NFL was so petrified oh, yeah. 
of Las Vegas and gambling. Tony Romo was supposed to have a fantasy football league convention in Vegas, and they threatened him with with uh, fines, and any player who attended was going to get fines. They had to cancel it. And in that period of time since, they put a team in Vegas. They've had two Pro Bowls in Vegas, a draft in Vegas, and now a Super Bowl in Vegas. And it all comes down to money. Oh, is, yes. You know, the NFL is very good at making money, but they're also <laughs> – the hypocrisy of the NFL is just astounding. Mm-hmm. Um, until until the Supreme Court makes that ruling, gambling and betting was going to destroy the NFL. And as soon as the ruling comes down, it's, oh, FanDuel, DraftKings, Caesars, you mm-hmm. want to be business partners with us? Sure. How much do you want to pay us? So it, it's all a bunch of – Fill in the blank, you yep. know. Um, and, and what's ironic is Romo's on the call of the of the game on Sunday night, and, and yeah. now of course everybody hates him. But Romo's on the call of, <laughs> of of the game Sunday night in Vegas after really that big fiasco, and I remember that pretty well. Started the whole damn thing. Yeah, I can tell you this for a fact that twenty years ago, when the NFL Network was starting up. And Steve Bornstein was in charge of it. Remember the old ESPN sure, guy? Sure. He was at ABC. He wanted to base the NFL network in Las Vegas because he thought it would be the confluence of sports and entertainment, and that was the best place to do it. Mm. I can't mention who, to you who told me this, but it was a very, very high-ranking official in the NFL office who everybody knows really well who told me I had gone out to lunch with him and he says, can you believe where that blankety-blank Bornstein want to put, wanted to put the NFL Network? And I said, where? He said, where's the one place we would never do anything like that? And I said, well, Las Vegas. And he goes, of course. And now, look, 20 years later. Unbelievable. The That's... sports world has converged on, on Las Vegas, and, and, and Roger Goodell, the commissioner, is singing its praises as invitation-only press conference on Monday. <laughs> I mean, I mean, that guy's uh, that guy's interesting. I don't know how well you know him, but that guy uh, is interesting. Uh, Gary Meyer's book is Once a Giant, a story of victory, tragedy and life after football. Again, about the 86 Super Bowl champions and their lives afterwards, including Lawrence Taylor, Bill Belichick, Phil Simms, Mark Bavaro, so many uh, great giant Carl Banks uh, and, and everything. Harry Carson, everything uh, in between. Get it now available on Amazon or wherever you get your books. Um, so who? Uh, you know, from a football standpoint, I like the Chiefs. I don't know if I'm overreacting to what they did against Baltimore, but I had them in Buffalo. I doubted them against the Chiefs, against the Ravens in Baltimore, and now I can't pick against them. Plus, I look at what the 49ers have looked like really, Gary, since Christmas night, and it wasn't just that night. I saw them in person a week later here in Washington. I know that team really well. I've seen them in the two playoff games. They just haven't looked good. Am I overreacting to recency bias, in your opinion? No, because I I think that um, that's the best thing to go on is how a team is playing, you know, down the stretch of the season and then in the playoffs. And they easily the Niners easily could have lost to the Packers, and they definitely should have lost to the Lions. Um, whereas, the, and they had a much better regular season than the Chiefs. But in the playoffs, you know, the Chiefs beat the Dolphins in uh, in Kansas City on that really cold night. And then, um, you know, I did not think they were going to win in, Bal- in in Buffalo, and I didn't think they were going to win in Baltimore. But uh, they've played their best football right now. And that's what you want. And 
you know, I look back to some past, like some giant Super Bowls where, uh, especially the year they beat the Patriots when the Patriots were undefeated, the Giants were just 10 and 16 during the regular season and then got caught fire in the playoffs and were playing great uh, by the time they played the Patriots in the Super Bowl and they beat them. So I think there there is a lot of credence that should be given to how these teams are playing coming in to the Super Bowl. That being said, the stakes are enormous, the biggest they can be in the NFL. Uh, two weeks to prepare. It's just so hard to predict what's going to happen in a Super Bowl. Um, I, I will say this. I think the game will come down to how many turnovers that Brock Purdy have. If, if he plays a clean game, I think the Niners have more talent than the Chiefs, especially at the skill positions offensively. And their defenses are, I think the Niners' defense is a little bit better, although they did not look good against the Lions. But I'm picking the Chiefs only because I can't imagine Patrick Mahomes losing to Brock Purdy. But I came up with a, a comparison, and I know it's a really long answer, but if you remember it in 2001, the Super Bowl after that season, it was Tom Brady, who it was in his second year and was a sixth-round pick, against Kurt Warner, mm-hmm. who had already won a Super Bowl. And now it's and, – and obviously the Patriots won the Super Bowl. And now it's Brock Purdy, a seventh-round pick, the last pick in the draft, as everybody knows, in his second year against Patrick Mahomes, who's a multi-Super Bowl champion and MVP. Mm. So to me, there's a – you know, it's kind of like a parallel course there. Yeah, a little symmetry. Yeah, so before we totally write off and say, well <clears> – <throat> Mahomes can't lose lose to Purdy, like I just said two seconds ago. Um, he's got a great quarterback coach slash head coach in Kyle Shanahan, and if they can minimize his mistakes, they got a great chance to win the game. I'm actually a little, if you're a Niners fan, I'm actually a little more concerned about Kyle Shanahan hmm. than about Brock Purdy because hmm. Shanahan was calling the plays in the twenty-eight to three game. The Falcons blew that lead, mm-hmm. and he he he. He mismanaged the end of that game. Sure. They had a 10-point lead in the Super Bowl in the fourth Four quarter. Four years ago, the sure. Chiefs, yeah. Right? They had a 10-point lead, I think, in the fourth quarter against the Rams in an NFC championship mm-hmm. game. Yeah, the Rams won the Super Bowl. So I don't necessarily trust Kyle Shanahan down the stretch of a, of a game like this. And until he proves he knows how to close it out. And he hasn't proven it. Well, that's a great point. I I, I guess that that's not really the the na- super narrative, but it makes sense as you outlined it. All right, one last quick one, and uh, yeah. unfortunately, I got to squeeze you here. Uh, Dan Quinn hired as Commanders head coach. You like the move? You don't like the move? I would have liked to move a lot more before they lost to the Packers. Mm. I mean, it's really hard to sell a guy who just gave up forty eight points in his last game in a game that everybody thought the team was going to win, but he really did a nice job there. Um, in three years as the Cowboys defensive coordinator. But, you know, if, if I'm a, a Washington Commanders fan, I'm going, all right, we just got rid of a coach who was a defensive coordinator who had been to a Super Bowl with his previous team and lost. And we just hired a coach who's been a defensive coordinator who got to a Super Bowl with his previous team and lost. Yeah. Um, that doesn't mean that Ron Rivera and Dan Quinn are the same person. But the um, – the profile is exactly the same. And I would have thought they would have hired an offensive coach, and who knows what happened with Ben Johnson right. there. 
Um, I thought they would have hired an offensive coach because they're going to draft a quarterback, and they, that's going to be the most important thing is to be able to coach that guy up. And Dan Quinn's a defensive coach. I mean, Cliff, Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury. Not an easy name to say, trust me. Yeah. I, I bumbled over it all week. I mean, he just – where has he won? Yeah. You know, hey, he, hadn't um, lot, uh, he hadn't won a lot. He hadn't won a lot is the answer to your question right there. There you go. Yeah. No, I, and you know what? That's the what the sentiment I now – I mean, I wish I had more time because I'd love yeah. to talk more with you about this. But, I mean, I have a different feeling. But you, the sentiment you just outlined is how most of the fans feel. So, well, you know, it'll be up to thing. Dan Quinn and Adam Peters to prove him wrong. And Josh Harris yeah. as well, you know. Yeah, I, I think that Dan Quinn comes with rave reviews from the Cowboys defensive players, which is – Obviously a plus. I know him a little bit, and uh, I like him very much personally. He's a great guy. Oh, he's and a great he's guy. Supposed to be a tremendous leader. Yep. And I think the arrow is pointing up strictly because there's another guy sitting in the owner's office now, and how can it be any worse? That helps. That helps. Quinn was excellent on the show yesterday. For everybody that missed that live, go back and listen to it on the Odyssey. Go back and listen to that, yeah. <laughs> he was tremendous. I love him. Uh, Gary, I love you too. You're great. Uh, appreciate you. Uh, and excellent job, obviously, uh, with the book. And uh, I, as soon as things calm down, I'm going to get my... I've, uh, the problem is I've got about four or five books that I'm, uh, I'm sitting oh, on here, so I've got a lot of summer reading to do. <laughs> Chris, it, it, mine's got to be the top of the list. But the, the good thing about it, if I can just say this one other thing, um, you don't have to be a Giants fan by any means yes. or an NFL fan to want to read this book because it, it really touches on the human aspect of athletes. And once they, as I say in the book, you know, once the confetti is on the ground, people forget about them. And this really humanizes these guys that, um, and what they what they're going through after playing such a violent violent mm-hmm. sport and beating up their bodies, at some point they pay the price. And this generation of players, whether it's the '86 you know Redskins as they were known then, or the '86 Cowboys or whoever, uh, they're all going through the same stuff. And it, it, some of it is really heartbreaking. Yeah. No doubt about it. I look forward very much to uh, reading it again when things calm down a little bit. Uh, I will carve through it because, again, growing up uh, on Long Island and a big fan uh, of what Bill Parcells and Bill Belichick and the Giants put together uh, and, uh, you know, look very much forward to it. Uh, Gary, always great to have you on. Great to catch up with you the other day on the phone as well. Uh, Thank you so much, uh, and we'll talk again real soon, okay? Take care, Chris, and um, I appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. That's Gary Myers. Again, once a giant available now on Amazon. And like you said, it's not just about one team and a couple of players that you might have hated as a Redskins fan. It's about the perseverance through life. Champion and then what you deal with afterwards. And so many great stories and so many big names. And, you know, we only were able to concentrate on a couple of them, um, you know, there and obviously chose the biggest ones with Lawrence Taylor and Bill Belichick, Bill Belichick uh, and so on and so forth. But you get the point. Uh, read the book, Once a Giant, available now from the uh, great Gary Myers. And, you know, of course, he wrote, or he was, partnering with Robert Griffin III. Now, he, he did address that, just so everybody knows, with Kevin yesterday. So I'll point you to that. Uh, basically, um, you know, that deal broke apart, uh, you know, and, and um, you know, it just – Robert's got his thing and he can explain all that and, you know, all that. So we just didn't want to 
waste a whole lot of time. We had better questions to ask uh, in terms of that. So I just want to make that clear. All right, 2.30, uh, we went long. Uh, we will take a break, get back on track here, right here on a football Friday on the Team 980. It is driven by your local Honda dealer. Experience power, performance, and ruggedness with Honda. See your local Honda dealer on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. A left 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame... Two more rings, two more. You deserve this ice-cold reward. Medella, the markable fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. center will dump in out of the Florida zone. A deflection into the slot away from Forsling. Mantha picked it up. Centered now on a cross. Ovechkin scores! Alex Ovechkin knuckles one through Bobrovsky. It's a power play goal. Ovechkin with goals in three straight. And it's one. Nothing. Washington. Uh, you hear John Walton on the call last night on 106.7 The Fan, Caps Radio Network, and the Odyssey app. Goal number 833 on his brilliant career, and as John mentioned, and as we talked about yesterday when we did this feature yesterday in advance of the Florida game, hey, you know what? The one thing that might be able to carry the Capitals into a playoff spot, and boy, do they need help, is Alex Ovechkin going on an absolute tear, and now that's three goals in three games. We were talking about this exact scenario yesterday, 11 on the year, 8.33 on his career, but not good enough for the Capitals to win in Florida. Not that we were expecting them to. They lose 4-2 to the Florida Panthers. Off to Boston tomorrow afternoon, Vancouver on Sunday. Alex Ovechkin's chase of 8.95, and the great one is presented by a uh, Main Street Bank. Cheer local, bank local, put their team in your office. Visit Bank. Dot com for more information. I know we have a couple of calls on hold. Guys, hang tight. We will get to you. we got to get back on track. Thanks to Gary Myers. Good conversation uh, there as well. Uh, Tyler Fulgham in the end of the first hour. So we've been guest heavy. We still have Kirk Morrison coming up from Las Vegas and his somewhat surprising Super Bowl pick and thoughts on Dan Quinn and the Commanders as well. But time for a quick trending alert, and then we'll uh, circle on back and get you aboard on the radio show, Graham. All right, so here's a twist. How about this? Bill O'Brien, who, of course, was 
allowed to leave the Patriots after they let go of Bill Belichick, agreed to become the Ohio State offensive coordinator, right? The former Houston Texans head coach and Alabama offensive coordinator. Well, now he's going back to Boston, to Boston College, to be their head coach. You know who's replacing him as the OC at Ohio State? Chip Kelly. Chip Kelly wanted out of UCLA so bad that he was trying to get an NFL job, which made sense. But now he's leaving the head coaching position at UCLA to become the offensive coordinator at Ohio State. Just a weird, wild, crazy twist uh, and turn. As we approach Super Bowl 58 Sunday in Las Vegas, of course, here, game day coverage, Team 980 and the Odyssey app at 2 o'clock. The game right around 6.30. If you missed Dan Quinn, Commander's Head Coach, uh, with us yesterday, it's available for you also on the Odyssey app and at the team980.com slash, or in the podcast section, should say. And Jay Gruden broke down Super Bowl 58 with us uh, as well. Go check that out. And that's what's trending. All right, right back with you on this Football Friday on the Team 980, driven by your local Honda dealer. Experience power, performance, and ruggedness with Honda. See your local Honda dealer. Uh, we've obviously been guest heavy. We uh, have Kirk Morrison, former NFL linebacker, uh, NFL media personality, radio, TV, college analyst. He'll tell you what the commanders should do at number two. In his opinion, and he's not alone. Let's just leave it uh, like that. What's that coming up at uh, 3.30, Manny, right? Is that what we uh, said? And then dum-dum of the day, and we'll wrap it up. So we have some time, actually, uh, to take your calls here. Just a quick note, in case you just missed the trending alert a couple of minutes ago. How about that? I mean, I wanted nothing to do with Chip Kelly, as we talked about last Friday on the show. And over the weekend, when Cliff Kingsbury became available, uh You know, we were all over that. We talked about that throughout the week and with Dan Quinn yesterday and so on and so forth. I wanted nothing to do with Chip Kelly. I've never been a Chip Kelly guy. I understand how much of an innovator he is on this. Listen, UCLA is not what it used to be, but this is a guy who just left the UCLA head job and maybe he was going to get fired anyway. I don't know. I mean, it seems weird at this point that you would fire him, you know, a month after the season ended. But now he's leaving UCLA as the head coach to be the offensive coordinator at Ohio State. Now, nobody would question that Ohio State's not a bigger profile spot than UCLA. And Chip, the... the, 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 the chipmeister only went 35 and 34 during his six seasons at UCLA. Again, Chip Kelly is not what people think he is. Never has been, never will be. But that is weird. I mean, to leave for an offensive coordinator spot in the NFL, different. I understand Ohio State is bigger and, and badder, if you will, than UCLA. But A, it shows you how uncomfortable Chip Kelly was at UCLA. And also B, that UCLA was like, yeah, bye, see ya. Take a downgrade. 
but, but, but oh, by the way, we're going to play you in the same conference. I, I Just weird, man. Oh, I've got to be missing something. Uh, just weird. And supposedly he was maybe going to get the Seattle OC job and didn't get that. And, you know, again, Bill O'Brien leaving Ohio State. He'd just gotten there. He goes back to Boston, but to the college game, Boston College. But that makes some sense. He was the head coach at Penn State uh, after the Joe Paterno scandal. He was the OC for the Nictator down in Alabama. Obviously, they didn't hire him. That makes a little bit of sense. This, I don't know, this is a head scratcher for me. All right, let's get um, let's get uh, Jonesy aboard here on the Team 980. Jonesy, thanks for hanging in there. How are you? Chris, what's going on, What's man? up, Jonesy? How you doing today? What's yes, shaking? indeed. Hey, listen up, man. I don't know. I, you got folk out here betting against Patrick Mahomes. I think he's going to pull it out again, man. I betted against him uh, plenty of times in the past. Lost out like Tom Brady. <laughs> he's, I mean, it's like the, he's the second coming of Tom Brady. I mean, this kid just knows how to win. Just when you think you can stop him from scoring, all he does is manages the clock and snuffs out the clock. If he has a lead on you, he'll beat you. Yeah, I'm, I, I, I'm with you. I mean, right? Like, like maybe I'm putting too much faith in Patrick Mahomes. But it's not just Patrick Mahomes. It's Andy Reid. It's Mr. Taylor Swift. It's the Kansas City defense. (laughs) It's Steve Spagnuolo. It's Chris Jones. It's LeJarius Sneed. Like, I have all the respect in the world for Kyle and the 49ers on offense. But the one thing that I don't know about, quite honestly, is their offensive line outside of Trent Williams. One, not very good. And number two, Brock Purdy, I'm telling you, is very capable of putting a great first half together and a bad second half or a bad first half and a very good second half or a roller coaster of performance. There's a reason why he was drafted where he is. Not to even say that first-round quarterbacks don't have performances like that, but Brock has them, quite honestly, more than people realize. Exactly, and I'm with you on that. He cannot come out there and go and get behind early because if he does, it's over, man. I mean, and yes, 49ers are loaded, but I think the weakest link is is not even Chase Young. It's, it's Brock Purdy. He can't come out there and have a bad first half. He just can't. If he ends up with that ball first, he got to pull it on and pull it on strong. But he cannot come out there and do what he did in in the uh, Detroit game. If he does, boom, they'll they'll be going they'll be losing going away. I I, I, I agree. We we asked Jay Gruden about, you know, how do you get him into a rhythm uh yesterday, exactly. right? And and swings yeah. and screens and you know, like short passes. They tried to do that in that Green Bay playoff game two Saturday nights ago in the cold, wet rain in San Francisco. Obviously weather won't be a factor. And they they threw like 12 passes to Christian McCaffrey in that game. You know what they didn't do, though? They didn't run the ball. 
They didn't try to run the ball a whole lot. And when they did, they had success with McCaffrey, who broke off that 42-yard touchdown run right up the middle, right? So to me, I think, yes, get Brock Purdy into a rhythm, slant, screens, um, you know, short little bubble passes, what have you. Easy throws, one read, one, you know, ISO type stuff. I'm with you on all of that. And if that's what Kyle Shanahan does, understood. But they absolutely need to get the run game going if he and that offensive line are going to have a chance against this Kansas City defense. Big time, Chris. And I'll let you go and listen, buddy. Appreciate you, Jonesy. Have a good weekend. Enjoy the game. Take a quick timeout. We'll get back on track. Uh, We'll get to uh, Mitch and Jersey uh, coming up. I just found out. uh, I just did some reading. I wasn't aware of this. Uh, Ryan Day and Chip Kelly apparently grew up together, and they're, like, best friends. So that's why. Um, long time, I, well, I shouldn't say best friend, long time friend. And Ryan day was on his staff at New Hampshire. Uh, so they're both New Hampshire natives. Kelly coached day, uh, at New Hampshire. And then day worked for Kelly in the end. I, I, I totally forgot that my bad. So that, I mean, it's, it's still weird to go from the head coach to the offensive coordinator when you weren't fired on the same level of football and, oh, by the way, in the same conference now, right? Isn't UCLA, amongst others, joining the Big Ten? I think so. Kind of weird, right? But now it makes sense. I forgot about that connection between Chip Kelly and Ryan Day. So uh, just if anybody that wants to get all over my case about that, there you go. 301-230-0980, 301-230-0980, you want to react to that? And what would a Super Bowl mean for Kyle Shanahan's legacy. He's the one that has the legacy in question, as Gary Myers just pointed out. Trent Williams, is his legacy in question? I don't think it is. We know Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid's isn't. What is at stake for Kyle Shanahan? What will his legacy be if he can pull off the first Super Bowl win in his third appearance in a Super Bowl game? That's next on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. All right, Kyle Shanahan as a head coach of the 49ers, and obviously it's his first head coaching stint, is 64 and 51 has been to the Super Bowl once as a head coach, the Super Bowl twice as a coach overall. Obviously, the Falcons under Dan Quinn, as we've talked about so much. Lost in two conference championship games, 8-3 and in the postseason. Again, second Super Bowl as a head coach coming up. Third overall, 64-51 and as a head coach. Kyle Shanahan's 44 years old. If he wants to, he can coach for another 20 years at least. So maybe one day, one game isn't going to define his legacy. But you know how it rolls. If they lose this game as a favorite, because the odds makers know all. And there's no way they should lose to the Kansas City Chiefs, Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and Mr. Taylor Swift then Kyle Shanahan is going to be looked at as a playoff failure. 
by the idiots. And that's just not true. Does Kyle Shanahan need to win a Super Bowl to cement his legacy? Of course. Is his legacy set now? No. We know he's a great coach. He's arguably the best in the game. Arguably. I mean, I still have to give, obviously, to Andy Reid, who he's going against. But if he wins one Super Bowl, that at least puts him out of that equation of, well, he's never won the big one. Oh, geez, Johnny, he blew a 28-3 lead. Oh, wait, that was Dan Quinn. Oh, wait, uh, let's find somebody else to blame that on. You see where I'm coming from? All right, let's get to um, let's get to Mitch in Jersey here before the top of the hour. Mitch, how are you, sir? Good, Chris. How you doing? Happy Friday. Yeah, there you go. Happy Football Friday, Mitch. Be, oh. I think it's gonna be a great game, but on the Chip Kelly, I, I don't understand that. I mean, he, he's so fickle. I mean, he looks like a good coach, but somehow he screws up where he goes. The Fortnite job was a great job. Should have yeah. stayed at Oregon. How do you leave you as? How do you leave the Pac-12? Excuse me, now it's the Big Ten going to Pac-2 now. Him and like Pete Carroll and even Jim Harbaugh, I don't understand him. Well, like that, th- well, like th- well, think about it this way: he went to job. the he went to the um, Eagles. Right? Wait, hang on a second. He had think, he went to the Mitch, 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 Mitch. Hang on, hang on a second. I'm trying to make a point. He went to the Eagles, had immediate success, took the world by storm, and then screwed it up. Why? Because of his own arrogance and his own ego. They got to run the ball, and he's got he's got the, the troops to run the ball, and of course the passing the passing game is really good. Yeah. I think Boston have a great game. They have two sacks. I think Four uh, Niners win it, Chris. Um, I can only hear you now. You have a nice weekend. All right. Thank you, Mitch. Appreciate it. Uh, Mitch thinks the 49ers are going to win. I mean, he's not the only one, but you have Sam Monson with Kevin Sheehan. Eh, just Sam Monson from Pro Football Focus saying all of Radio Rose picking the 49ers. I mean, the Chiefs. Um, again, we'll see what Kirk Morrison said. Gary Myers picked the Chiefs, but certainly – had a healthy re- look. We all have a healthy respect for the 49ers, right? Who doesn't? They are capable easily of winning this game, but the 49ers have to get full game Brock Purdy. They have to make sure Chris Jones and Steve Spagnuolo don't overload and kill them from left guard to right tackle, and they have to make sure that Christian McCaffrey is just not a a fun little toy extension of the run game, that they're actually running the ball because Christian McCaffrey is physical as you know what. People don't realize that about him. Christian McCaffrey is physical as you know what. More Super Bowl 58 coverage plus Kirk Morrison, NFL, uh, former NFL linebacker and NFL and college football analyst coming up from Vegas next hour as well. One more hour to go on this football Friday on the Team 980, driven by your local Honda dealer. Experience power, performance, and ruggedness with Honda. See your local Honda dealer on the fla- on the Team 980. <laughs> Back in a flash on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.
After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.